And we are live. What's going on, everybody? Look, it's not even nine yet, but we saw all of you in the comments um, eagerly saying, what the heck is going on? We thought he was live already. So we realized uh, we could do whatever we want. So <laughs> we yeah. went live a couple minutes early. What's up, JD? What's up, my brother? Everybody, it is your favorite, JD. <laughs> Oh man, I'm I don't know about you guys, but I'm extremely excited tonight. Um look, oh, I didn't forget. Make sure you guys hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. I will get this down packed um sooner or later. Um make sure you guys do all that, you know, all that stuff, man. I, I trust you guys know by now. You know, I feel like why does it have to be said? By now we live in the age where people understand how YouTube works. If you like us, you know what to do. Do you do we actually need to be reminded? If you don't if you need to be reminded to do it, then don't even do it cuz then you must not want to. Um Preach. But yeah, everybody, welcome back. Uh side note, little uh little fun banter in the beginning to get us warmed up. You know, today I made a video uh towards Jehovah's Witnesses and the video sat in it for an hour before it actually processed to go uh, live on TikTok. And other videos I made after that went instantly. And I was very interested at that, like, hmm, that's weird that this one took so long to process. And then someone asked me in that video what software I used to study, and I made a video sharing how to download Lagos, and that's still processing right now. It's almost like whenever it has to do with that Jehovah's Witness video, it's like Satan is like, no, no, you cannot. Cannot yeah. speak against my beloved Jehovah's Witnesses. Them and the Mormons, man. LDS and, and uh, you know. Uh, which would you say is more heretical or blasphemous, actually? Because I think it would go beyond her heresy at that point. It's probably just straight up blasphemy. Um, but which would you say is more so? Would you say there's even? I mean, at, at least Mormons call Jesus no, because I mean they're basically the no. same because they think he's a god, yeah. and the Jehovah's Witnesses believe he's a god. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Uh, it's 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 they both equally like they like to me they're like the evil cousins. <laughs> like, well, I'll tell like, you the, the problem is that Christians didn't stand against letting them call themselves Christians, and they were able yeah. to ride our coattails to validity. You see, if Mormonism was never allowed to attach itself to Christianity, I truly believe people have been like, get that nonsense out of my face. But because it was able to attach the coattails to the world's you know, largest religion, especially at the time, it definitely was the largest. I mean, right now, we're probably neck and neck with you know Islam and whatnot. But uh, you know, the religion that was a part of the foundation of Western society, Western civilization, they were able to ride those co coattails. Imagine if Christianity would have been like, no, no, they're not us. That's not Christianity. And they had to pitch that on its own. Yeah, dude, like totally like you're going to become your own God. There's no hell. Uh, you can have 30 wives. Like, bro, that sounds really incredible for my flesh. But uh, <laughs> yeah. a little nonsensical. A little nonsensical. Yeah. Amen. But, I mean, it's it's exactly it's exactly the problem uh, we deal with today. It's it's things that were tolerated 30 years ago, things that were tolerated 50 years ago, things that were tolerated 100 years ago now are becoming impossible to eradicate because they've been tolerated for so long. And especially when you say the all in the name of tolerance. And the problem is Christians have been playing checkers while Satan has been playing chess. Yeah. So, That's but it. with that being said, 
And and what a great way to transition because one thing that Satan has extremely been playing chess with is destroying the family. Um, I am a firm believer that this has been something Satan has been working on for X number of years, especially mm. since the 1960s. And um, we definitely don't have enough time to go into that tonight. But I will say, if you're ever interested, look around the 1960s and all the things that started to change in our Western society when it comes to the family dynamic. No fault divorces, abortion starts picking up, welfare uh, removal of God from schools, uh, pushing towards this idea of the single motherhood. I mean, it jumped like 60%. Uh, the family household started to fall apart. And the truth of the matter is when a household is not re uh, not structured the way God designed it, everything falls apart. And that's what brings JD and I together tonight um, is we're going to discuss the number one ministry in our lives. And that is our household. Whether you're married or single, your household is your number one ministry, right? Because yeah. whoever's around you, people love to look far away. What about the children over there in Africa? And what about what about these people on TikTok? And overlook their front yard or Amen. their living room and saying like this, reach out here. And if you overlook what is close to you, then you're not doing what God has called you to do. God will never... Amen tell you to abandon that ministry for any other ministry. And that's why the scriptures say that a shepherd and an elder must have their family in line, must yeah. have their family put together because that's your number one ministry. That matters. So yeah, we're going to be diving into fatherhood and being a husband because JD and I can't speak about being wives or mothers. Um, and that's what we're going to be diving into. And we'll give you guys a little bit of information of, you know, in case you don't know us of, you know, our families and children. So you can kind of get an idea there. But before we start, can I just one more thing, J.D.? I know I talk too much sometimes, but to start all this off, I want to point out something about the fall. And a lot of people look at it and they see Satan convincing Eve that the word of God isn't true. Right. Is that what God really said? You know what he said? But have you ever noticed that another thing that happened in the fall was Satan attacking the order and structure that God had established? You exactly. see, when God made everything, he said, I will create man. And then he gave man woman for man to be over. And then he gave man and woman all beasts of the field and the land. In the fall, the beast, Satan, convinced the woman to disobey the man and she then convinced the man to disobey God. So God's order was God, man, woman, field, beast. In the fall, it was beast, woman, man, God. Satan. We still see that today. Time. And we still see that today. Very Amen. much active. And it's very much happening. In in most, I think this is this is a common statistic in, in, in America. Um, I was reading this a while ago where something like 72%. 72% of marriages end in divorce. And that's, that is, that is quite a shocking number. Um, and then we got to, we have to ask the question. I mean, your, apolog your apologetic brain, my apologetic brain is, is how do we get you? How do we get you? How do we fix it? And that's, you know, this is a, a topic that's not discussed often enough, I believe, um, you know, being a godly father and being a godly husband, um, you know, we see so many, so many people that want to get up and preach, but they can't, they have not yet 
completed or fulfilled the sacrificial love we are told to love our wives with. And, you know, this is the instruction to the husband. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And, and that is where most Christian men fall short. They love their ministry. They love their church like Christ loved the church. <laughs> they love their Bible like Christ loved the church. But when it comes to loving their wives, well, there we have a problem. There we fall short. And this is why, what the devil does. He wants to corrupt God's character. He wants to corrupt God's order, as Marcus just said. And the beautiful thing that I don't think enough people realize is God calls himself our father and Jesus says he's our husband. And sometimes I think we think that God is using this so that we better understand. But what if he gave us fatherhood and gave us marriage to understand? Like he's not just making an analogy, but fatherhood was actually given to us to understand. Because I'll tell you this right now. (laughs) Some people might not like what I'm about to say. I have learned more about the love of God through being a son of an incredible father. And I know not everybody has had that opportunity and also being a father and being a husband than the Bible could ever teach me. Yes. Mm. The Bible reveals so much, but practical versus, you know, uh, instructive are two different things. And some people learn better with instructive. I got it. And I kind of hinted at it with me having an incredible man of God as a father And I know that not all have had that, but it was a blessing for me because one thing that I know is a true study. If any Mm. of you get some free time, look up the most famous atheists of all time and then look into their father. I guarantee you over 90% of them, their father is the, uh, it was either dead, abusive, not, not present or, or, or bad. Right. And you, I've looked it up before the evidence is there. And what Mm. we see is that a person recognizes the love of their father in the house in God when they first meet God. So if you had an abusive father, it's very hard to relate to a heavenly father. And I know young men that I've discipled and gotten to know that struggled with this idea that how could God love me the way you say he loves me? And then you find out that their father beat them. And their first introduction to a father was abusive. Yeah. And this is why being a man of God in the house and being a father, the way God has called you to be is so important. It's because your job is to introduce them to the love of God so that when you finish managing and you pass them off to your heavenly father, they can recognize him because you're just managers of the children. At 18, you pass them off to their heavenly father. You're, you're, you're always going to be their biological dad. But you're not their father, father. Like my heavenly father is my father. My dad is gone and dead. Like, so when I speak of my father, I'm speaking of my heavenly father. I love my dad. He was a great dad for me. But my father is my heavenly father. Yeah. Amen. My bad. I didn't Amen, even bro. I didn't even give you a good layup. I should have kind of tried to throw a throw a lay up to you there uh for that but all right let's dive into it so jd give us a little bit because i don't want people to be like all right well this don't make no sense jd and mike they seem like they're probably the best husbands and the best fathers in the world so they're just going to be giving us information i can't do that i'm divorced or i did this this. so let's start and break the break this idea real quick go ahead and share a little bit about your uh uh self as far as being a father and a husband goes and then i'll do it after you just so people can understand that we are not the greatest (laughs) yeah amen 
Amen. So, so for those of that 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 know me close, you know, that fellowship with me on Discord and have had a relationship with me for a while, you guys have all met Diane, my wife. Um, you've heard of her. She's popped into lives here and there, um, but she doesn't come online often. But Diane was not. Diane is not my first marriage. <laughs> Diane is my second marriage. Um, I, I come off the back of a a, a really ugly divorce um where there were kids involved and um <clears throat> that marriage versus this marriage again a godly one versus an ungodly one um that's where the trials really start um especially if you've got one or the other who are trying to follow god um and the other the, the partner isn't so also I say ended up ended up divorced um married my wife who, I, who i'm with now diane and um we've got our beautiful beautiful little boy as well and our marriage is is solid because of adhering to the order of god and that's Amen. that's I can I could come with many many analogies and stories, but one thing I learned is is the more I love her, the way Christ loves the church, the more she is willing to submit in all things. The more she is willing to be supportive of all things, um, and and this is this is when we look at that love, the the sacrificial love of the husband. And this is where a lot of us miss it. This is where a lot of us miss it. I know I've missed it in the past. I know Mark's probably missed it in the past. Men don't speak to their wives. They they have, you get to a stage in your marriage where you kind of just have like passing by conversations, like a quick year and a quick year and basic conversations about the kids, but not really getting down to the nitty gritty, sitting down and discussing how, you feel discussing what's going on in your life, what you're battling with. And this is all part of, of a husband being a loving husband to his wife. Women operate differently to men. Women want to know what's going on with you. Women want to know what's going on in your inner thoughts. Women want to know what you're going through and how you're going through it. And ultimately we, <clears throat> we, as as husbands we fail in this area because we don't communicate and most marriages what we see from studies today most marriages that break down whether they be christian marriages or non-christian marriages um they break down for a lack of communication the 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 common misconception is money and um adultery but they actually come second and third to a lack of communication couples are getting divorced because they do not speak to one another. So if, if that's one thing I've learned over <laughs> the last few <laughs> the last few years with my wife specifically and the and the trials and tribulations we went through was a lack of communication and actually putting my wife first and she's putting her husband first and we go okay well this is our ministry this is where we focus this is where we deal this is where this this is where we've laid our roots. Mm -hmm. From there, everything else seems to click into place. And she's also firsthand had her own experiences with 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 dealing with my ex-wife. And again, it, it hasn't been an easy journey, 
But at the same time, this is it's taught her a lot of patience. It's taught her a lot about what I am and who I am. And ultimately, with communication, we can get into the finer details of what my partner likes, what my partner doesn't like, what she needs, what she doesn't need. And we can start seeing eye to eye on the, the issues that we couldn't see eye to eye on before. And, and this is only possible with the love of Jesus Christ and lots of communication, lots of communication. Amen, brother. Amen. And I, I'm so I'm writing things down on the side because I'm like, man, there's so much. You're right. So, guys, I'm going to give you the heads up. We're going to be doing this again on Monday because this this we're man, this, this is a deep one. Might even go into Wednesday. This might be a multi-part series. In fact, next yeah. Wednesday, maybe to finish it off, we bring the wives on, or at least I don't know about his wife, but I know my wife. I could bring her on, and because uh, uh, the time zone, I'm not about to expect uh, Mrs. JD to be waking up at 4 a.m. as well. But um, <laughs> I can tell you right now, she won't. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. So uh, uh, a little bit. Many of you know my testimony, and. Um, you could go check my testimony out actually on YouTube, uh, but to give you a summed up version, uh, I also had a previous marriage. Now, I was Christian by title uh, because, you know, I was raised in the church, but I was not a Christian, right? I did not walk in the ways of Christ. I was only a Christian by self-proclaimed title, yet I still had these traditions in my head. So it's like I have to marry a Christian, right? That was a rule, right? You got to marry a Christian. You can't be unequally yoked. Um, so I met my ex-wife and she was a Christian. And uh, we got married after knowing each other for one month. If you're not familiar with military, this might sound crazy to you. Military people do this because if you get married, you get to move out of the barracks, you get more money, and you get to move out of the barracks. <laughs> like you don't have to you, like in the barracks as a grown man, you get people that inspect your room and wipe for dust. And if you have dust, you get in trouble. Like it's like, yeah, I'm a grown man, bro. I want to get married. Right. And we all know what comes with marriage. Right. So it's like, oh, cool. I get to do that, too. Right. So uh, we rush into marriage. And um, obviously that ended up failing. However, in the beginning, it was fine. And why was it fine? Because we had a worldly marriage. And if you're not familiar with what a worldly marriage is, it's two trains on their own tracks riding along next to each other, right? Parallel, Going on yeah. life together. Let's, hey, let's ride. Hey, I wanna, I'm want i cool with you being on the same path as me. And we go down that path. And then eventually it all breaks apart because I deployed to Afghanistan. And when I came home, um, she had found herself as an atheist, right? I joked around saying she was a born-again atheist. Now, I believe this was always in her. Um and it was just my absence allowed it to really happen. Because if you guys really want to get into the spiritual talk about this, I am a firm believer that when a man of God, even if I wasn't really in Christ the way I should be then, I do believe that God was with me because uh, prior to me leaving you know, who God wanted me to be and also God's outside time, he knew I'd be back. Um, so I do believe mm -hmm. he was with me. But um, side note, uh, I believe that a man of God is the protector of the house spiritually. He walks with the armor of God. And when uh, that man of God is not present, it is uh, the Holy Spirit that protects the wife and the children. Um, in his absence, if I'm gone and, and not around them, angels, I believe this. I'm like, I know we don't talk about it a lot, but I do believe that the spiritual realm is 100% true. And when I'm Amen. present, I protect my family from darkness. When I'm not, angels stand in my place um, and protect them on behalf of me. Um, but Let's not go down that far. But the point is I left to deploy and I came back and I, my wife's, my ex-wife's a born again atheist. I mean, straight up, not just, I don't believe in clear rebellion of God rejection. Yeah. 
And uh, I struggled with this, even though I wasn't, I, I was, I was a little close to God, but I wasn't there. And uh, I struggled with it, JD. Like, you know, what do I do, man? Like, I can't be mad. Yeah. Right. And uh, I was willing to push through it, but we had a son. Um, and, and she started saying things like, I want to raise him with no religion, atheist, you know, like we're not going to, we're going to yeah. let him choose. And then we even got into the gen, like let him choose his gender. And this is when that was getting very new. Like they were talking about people letting kids choose their gender and, and gender neutral. Color. And I'm like, nah, yo, that's, that's not going to happen. And in a, in a, in a heated debate over that topic. Yeah. And I said something about serving God. She said out her lips, F God. And I don't mean F. I mean, and yeah. it was like, I knew the marriage was over, even though it wasn't over. I knew it like it, it, it was something. And, um, I, I told, that was one of the, probably the first times before I came back to the Lord that I went to him, Lord help me. And this is before you could Google a verse. And somehow <laughs> I ended up in my Bible for the first time in a long time. And I came across first Corinthians chapter seven, when it says, if the unbeliever wants to go, you let her leave and let your peace return to you. And um, I tried to keep things going, though. I was like, come on, let's do counseling, this, this, and that. She said, no, 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 no. So I was like, all right, go in peace. Back before I even said go in peace, I said go in peace. And um, I, I haven't shared this with many people, but after we separated, um, I had my son, and then she had him. We were going back and forth with him. And he was gone at his grandma's house, her mom's house, because I'm in the military. You can't really do much. And she asks if she can wait at my place for her mom to come pick her up, right? Because I had got my own place and she still hadn't figured anything out. She's like, can I wait at your place? And, you know, I was, I, I was whatever, you know, cool. So I let her wait at my place. And I'm like, I don't want to be here. So I left. And um, as I'm gone, I got like 47 missed calls from her. And I look at my phone and, and, and her sister's like, you need to get home. I think she's, I think she's going to end herself, right? I got to be careful. I'm on TikTok with my word usage. So I run home. I, I pull up to the apartment and there's cops in the parking lot because her sister called the cops, but they didn't know my address. So they recognize speeding car must be that. I walk in there, empty bottle, bottle of pills, empty bottle of alcohol, and she has my gun and it's cocked, but the bullet is halfway. Like she couldn't pull it back all the way. It jammed. I literally slapped it out of her hand. I'm like, what the you doing? Like, I'm snapping, right? Um, they end up taking her to the psych ward. You know the law. Like, if you're about to do that, they got to take you. I didn't know this until now when I look back. There was a demon in, my, in her. Because I went to the psych ward that night, and this is the night that God tried to destroy me. Not God, sorry. Sorry, Lord. Heavenly Father. Um, the devil tried to destroy me. And what happened was, I went to the psych ward and I'm like, man, this is, it's over. But like, I care about you. She had a note written for my son. She's telling me like, you know, like let him take care of him. And then suddenly everything changed. And she looked at me with these different eyes saying, my blood will be on your hands. Ah, like I'm talking about bro, like weird, right? Like yeah. chained down, like no matter what, when they let me out, I will do this and my blood will be on you. Like bro, like freaking weird. Um, and I don't know, I didn't know till I look back now in my mature faith, like, bro, she was gone and she's a yeah. Lincoln now, right? Like I'm talking about like, they got her and I still wonder like, could I have done anything to stop it? But that's neither here nor there. But mm -hmm. that same night I leave the psych ward at 3am. I go home, I pass out on my couch. You know, the phone call I get two hours later at six when I wake up, your brother got murdered. Wow. Same night, right? Pro. I was destroyed. Yeah, that happened. Don't know if I'm going to have my son because, you know, this is all happening. 
And and while that was happening, her mom, who had my son, says, I'm going to keep him because y'all y'all both are messed up. Right? And I'm like, no, you're not going to keep him. Right. And then that happens. Right. I'm like, I, I look back and I'm like, man, Satan tried me. He tried me. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry if it's going long, but I want you guys to understand Mike's marriage might look great. People look at it like, Mike, you got your house is beautiful. Your kids are so happy and everything's so peachy. Yeah. <laughs> cool. It wasn't. And it if wasn't, you're in uh, that right now, me. listening to this. There's a tomorrow. That's why yeah. I share this. I promise you, I've been where you're at where you're like, there's no way this gets better. And ladies and gentlemen, this isn't where it got better. After this, I turned to drugs and sex. So I turned to a woman who had drugs and sex and it got bad with her where she was abusive. And I was raised yeah. to never lay my hands on a woman, but I didn't want to be alone. So I allowed it. So I was yeah. in an abusive me- mm-hmm. uh, relationship, right? Yeah. Fast forward, though, I gave my life to Christ. I met my wife, who I believe the Lord answered every prayer that I had for the first 26 years of my life in her. And uh, I met my wife. And when I met her, I was pursuing Christ because I was newly born in Christ. She was pursuing Christ who came off her marriage. And I'm not going to tell you her marriage passed because that's her business. And if she wants to share that, she can. But she came from a broken marriage as well um, with some things that really went wrong. And what was beautiful is that we both had seen the worst. So when we saw someone who gave the good, we recognized how precious it was and we grabbed it with Christ at the center. And with my wife now, we have made it, from the minute we met, before we even dated, we sat down and had discussions about, look, Christ at the center, like that's the goal. In fact, I remember telling her, JD, in one of our first conversations, I understand that we're humans, so you're going to do things that get on my nerves. I'm never going to hold a grudge on you for anything human related. If it's an emotional thing, if it's a difference, whatever, as long as we both obey God's law, that's when we have to draw the line. You break God's law, I break God's law, we have a problem. If it's human, if it's opinion, if it's whatever it is, let it be, right? Um, And then me and my wife had a child, and that's why his name is Corbin, Mark 7, 11. It means uh, devoted to God, and it's the only word untranslated in the Bible that Jesus spoke. So that's why Corbin was named Corbin, because he was the fruit of this new marriage in Christ um, uh, coming from such destruction. And since then, just to say, our marriage has not been perfect since then. But what's been perfect about it is Christ in it. So, yes, there have been ups and downs. There has been conflict, but no conflict has ever pushed us to where we ever even thought of anything outside of we need to figure it out. And and I say all this to, one, give you hope for tomorrow if you're in that bad position, but also to let you know that when you do put Christ at the center, no matter how messed up you are, he'll get your marriage through it. Because Absolutely. I'll share this with you before I throw it at JD on this topic, because I want to talk about this before we even talk about the good stuff. I want to talk about the bad. There's a a study I once read about, and I can't remember who I'm going to look it up and see if I can find it and share it with you guys. Um, Oh, sorry. The side of my eye was just catching up to the story. It was trying to water up. Um, This woman (laughs) psychiatrist was talking. It was a podcast that she was telling a study about. And she was like, um, I had come up with a formula where I could predict a marriage's uh, success in five minutes. And she explained how she would take couples, bring them in a room and tell them to fight. And based on how they fought, she understood if they would make it or not. And she explained that the problem with society is uh, people want to want the perfect, man, I just want someone that we don't fight. Oh, me and my boyfriend are great. We never fight. 
if you're not having conflict, I'm not talking about, you know what I mean? But if there's no conflict in your marriage, one of two things are true and there's no other option. Either one, you haven't had a reason to yet, or two, actually there's three reasons. You haven't had a reason to yet. One of you is bottling things up and it's going to explode or nobody cares enough, right? Those are the- Or all the above. Or all the above. We are human sinners. There will be conflict. Me and JD probably look like we get along great. If we continue in this, we're going to have conflict because I'm sure. a sinner. He's a sinner. We're going to get on people's on each other's nerves. And if yeah. you don't know how to handle that conflict, not calling your wife outside her name, bro. I don't know about you. You know those people that randomly, whenever they get upset with their wife, call her be this and be that. I cannot stand that. Yeah. That's your wife. I don't care how mad yeah. you are. Sick. But it's this society now. Like when you're upset with your wife, man, it's this, this, it's like you're painting the image of who she is when you're upset in your head. Amen. Amen. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, this is, this is exactly it. I mean, and, and on this subject, on this very subject, you know, if, if I can just give you guys advice, the bottling up leads to that. Bottling up leads to this be, this be, this be, that. And and again, let me go right back to the beginning. Communication is everything. Communication is everything in a marriage. And realizing what your strengths are in a marriage. So I'll tell you guys straight up, my house, not a lot of people don't know this. In my house, I cook the dinner. I cook the dinner every night. I cook for my family every single night. My wife doesn't do the cooking. My wife deals with all the finances. My wife actually is in charge of our finances. My wife is the one who takes care of the bills. My wife is the one who who runs the household's financial side of things. And I run the the discipline of the children and the cooking side of things. This this seems, people are like, well, that doesn't seem right, does it? But ultimately, here's what happens is if you work on each other's strengths, like Amen. I, I don't like money. I hate money. Um, I hate dealing with it. I hate having it. I just hate money. My wife, therefore, takes care of all of the money. My money, her money is our money, and that's how it works. There's no me and ours. Can I ask a question about this? Because I think it's important. Mm. Is this something you guys vocally communicated in the beginning so it was just understood and known like hey look i'll do this you do this it's established it's it's, and and this is what happens this is what happens so we you know diane and i've been we've been um we're five years now five years congratulations on that five years good the, the first two the first two years we were butting heads we were butting heads because i was doing things with the money she was doing things with the money and, and collectively, we'd get to halfway through the month and we'd be like, well, where's all the money? Well, then then the blame game starts, doesn't it? Then the blame yeah. game, well, you shouldn't have done that and you shouldn't have purchased that and you shouldn't have done – you should and, – and ultimately what happens is, is then the blame game starts. And once we're in, that's, that's ding, 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 round one. Once the blame game starts, that's the fight has commenced. The fight is underway. So what we – over time – and with the help of God and understanding God's order, we started seeing what the devil uses to make us argue. And everything the devil has used to make us argue or bicker or fight 
those are the things we sat down and said, okay, let's address these things. How do we move past these things? Because we keep, we keep falling into the same traps with the same arguments over the same things and it will be fine for three months and then bam, it will regress and it will be the same argument, the same fight. How do we stop falling into the same patterns? And here's how. You work on your strengths as the husband and she works on her strengths as the wife. And, and we've, you've heard me say it, you've heard Mike say it, marriage is 100-100 all the time amen not 50 50. you know anyone who says to me marriage is 50 50 or 80 20 some days because you've got to carry your wife it's always 100 100. she's in a spiritual battle i'm in a spiritual battle i mean kenny mentioned it earlier on if you're looking to run a godly household be prepared for some spiritual warfare man if be it's prepared. not 100 100 it's there's selfishness in there and let me explain why if you give everything to your wife you're not worried about yourself. And Amen. if she gives everything to you, she's not worried about herself. But you see, Amen. she doesn't have to worry about herself because you're worried about her. And you don't have to worry about yourself because, you know, that way. But granted, if both aren't doing this, it is a struggle. But that's the thing. If you're going to give your all, you let you trust that person to, to watch out for you. My wife tells me all the time, like, you never think about yourself. And that's dangerous if you don't have someone thinking about you. Because yeah. you can do that to someone who doesn't think about you and then nobody's thinking about you. So it is, yeah. this is also like, we, we want to emphasize something. Everything that we're saying tonight really depends on a godly marriage. Now, some of yeah. you that aren't single that are in a marriage, if you're in one with someone that's not equally yoked, some of these things are impossible. I'm just being honest with you because yeah. you cannot... It, 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 Non-believers are just not going to, it's not going to work like that. Now I'm not telling you leave them. That's not, no, because the Bible mm -hmm. talks about how you can bring them to the Lord. But I just want to make yeah. sure you understand that, that this is the structure for a godly marriage. And yeah. if you've made decisions in your life that were against God's order and put yourself in positions that no longer allow you to be in a God's ordered mm -hmm. marriage, these are called the disciplining and the chastising that you suffer, right? Hey, yeah. sometimes we get punished for our bad decisions, right? We got to work on it. But I, I also am glad that you brought up that, uh, uh, you know, about the structure, because this is what happened in my marriage as well. And this happened from day one. And it's not because I was smarter is because I failed so much in my past marriage. But we established these things in the beginning because and I made a video about this recently. In today's society, Christians like to date like the world dates. But the Bible is nothing telling you to date like the world dates. You see, to, in, in worldly society, dating is going out to the movies and going to the theme park and doing all this. If I did that with any one of you in the comment section, I would build a great relationship with you and have a blast because For you're sure. going to things that are meant to cause enjoyment. And if you're with anybody who's a decent human being, you're going to have fun. That doesn't mean I'm going to marry any of you. You're not looking when you're getting married or looking for a spouse. You're not looking for someone that you enjoy doing entertainment with. You're not looking for someone who's compatible with you. You're looking for someone that is uh, complimentary. Like JD said, you have strengths and they have weaknesses where your strengths are. And where yeah. your weaknesses are, they have strengths. When I met my wife, I didn't date her. I courted her. We sat down and had conversations to get to know each other. And what we laid out before we even started really like dating, in, in your words, it was known what I expect from a wife and what she expects from a husband. So that way I don't give 
four months of my time to someone, build up this enjoyment with them. And then I break my heart because I'm like, oh, well, their values are off. And oh, I'm going to look past this red flag, right? That's what they do. They look past this red flag because they've already had sex, which is, again, why you shouldn't do that. You've built this connection. No, when I first met my wife, I made it clear to her, hey, the way I was raised, my father raised me that it's my job to provide. So yeah. I know you make more money than me, but it's my job to pay the bills. However, I believe that the wife is supposed to do X, Y, and Z, right? Like that was, and she's like, I agree, right? So what do I do? I pay all the bills. Even when I don't make that much and my wife makes way more than me, it's my job to do so. Now, does that mean if I'm struggling, she can't take over? Of course, that's what wives, that's what spouses are for. And it's not saying you have to be that way. Like JD mm -hmm. says, he's not a money guy. So, but it's established in the beginning, right? My wife yeah. takes care of the kids. That anything that the kids need for money, that's her job. She has money. She does that. My job, this roof, this water, this electric, right? And it was established from the get-go, right? Amen. Establish these things instead of getting deep with someone and then finding out eight months later, oh, this person is way off on me when it comes to the most important things in my life. But I was so busy, worried about her butt and how good them jeans look on her that I wasn't even trying to find out what she thinks about how to raise a child. What does she yeah. believe about when it comes to raising a child? What are these important things that must be a present, right? So yeah. I just, guys, I really think that JD and I, I want to emphasize that here, that if, if you're married right now, if you haven't established certain things, communicate. You have to, yeah. And, and here's the thing that I really want you guys to hear. Sometimes as men, and, and I'll be honest with you, men, Sometimes we get this weird thing where we put women on a pedestal because we meet this incredible woman and we elevate her to like this princess goddess. Like, oh my gosh, how did I even get her? And like, I still look at my wife and I was like, how did I get her? The danger of this though is when you put your spouse on a pedestal, you're always looking up to her when you should be looking eye to eye. And when you're always looking up to her, you might be scared to communicate because you might be scared that they will not like what you say. And what if they don't love me anymore? Like, it's crazy when you say it out loud, but there are men that won't tell their wife about the thing that gets on their nerves because, well, what if they get upset and then they don't love me and then they don't like me and then they get upset. Yeah. And women, you might do the same. If this is your spouse, you planned on life together. Hey, yeah. it gets on my nerves when you do person. X, Y, and Z. Like, mm -hmm. I'm just being honest with you. That bothers me a lot. Mm -hmm. What can we, what can I mean, we do about, you know, compromise on that? Yeah, I mean, and this is this is something that 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 I see with every single couple that's that's having issues, is is there are things that bother that they don't say because I don't want to offend, um, and and I don't want to hurt their feelings or whatever the case may be. Guys, again, we if you're in a marriage, I mean, you need to understand something. This you become one flesh according in the in the in the mm -hmm. sides of God, you become one flesh. So there is no more I. Yeah, there's no more I. So if there's something about you that you don't like, what do you do? You change it. Like, you don't just go about carrying on the way because, oh, well, this is the way I've always been. No, if there's something that needs tweaking, there's something that needs altering, then you alter it. You tweak it. And the same thing applies to a marriage. You must be able to go to your partner, who you're going to spend the rest of your days with on this planet, and say, this Can I emphasize something here? The worldly marriage, because uh, uh, what he just said there, rest of the days, right? People need to stop going into a marriage with any thought of the possibility of leaving because yeah. that's another problem. I hear people yeah. all the time, 
nah, bro, nah, nah, nah. I'm not about to pay all the bills. And then she's stacking up all her money. What if she leave one day? Mm. Wait, that's a possibility? Like, I get it. If you're talking about actual possibilities, sure, whatever. Is there a technical possibility? All things are possible, right? Whatever. Yeah. But that yeah. shouldn't be a possibility. Like, that, you should never have any type of mindset where, well, what if she leaves? What if my yeah. wife leaves? She, she doesn't pay all the bills and she's able to stack up her money. If she leaves, I got nothing. She has everything. If she yeah. leaves, you failed, brother. Like, yeah. and if she leaves, exactly. she, she, she wasn't the one, I guess, or something. I, I, there's a lot more problems there. Stop yeah. going into marriage, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you have to say that's it. also the thing. It's, it's, it's we live in an age where, where people literally go in because of the dating scene. And this is why, you know, people don't understand the marriage scene because they could never do the dating scene. The dating scene is a swipe, right? End up in bed. Tomorrow we don't talk ever again. This is not how godly dating works. You know, if you've got your eyes on a woman or a mate, you know, God says, this is how you do it. You spend time, you get to know her, you coax her, you show her. You basically, this is the purpose of dating is, is you giving the woman and vice versa. The woman is giving the man a prequel or or a advert or a, uh, what's the, a, a trailer, you know, a preview to what life is going to be like in marriage. And, and this is ultimately today, it's just dating apps that swipe, swipe right, swipe left. If I don't like I met my wife on a dating app. Just want to throw it out there. It was <laughs> six and a half, seven years ago. So, um, but hold on out there. Yeah, I'm not knocking dating apps at all. I'm just saying. No, but you are the, right. Most people yeah. on a dating app are there for one reason. And that goes back to what yeah. you and I said, though. Establish what you're looking for from the get-go. And maybe I need to be more clear. If you meet a woman and you're really interested if you're scared that this is going to send her running, then maybe she's not ready for it. Hey, I just want to let you know that I'm not looking to just casually date. I'm looking for someone to spend the rest of my life with. And I don't oh, know man. if that's you, but I am looking for someone to spend my life with. So I just want to let you know that right off the bat because Amen. I don't want to waste your time. Right. And I'm not looking for someone that it could possibly end with. Like if I make, if I get married, it's for life till death do us part. Right. Let that Amen. be known. Men. And this is, like I said, we can't talk for women. So some women listening might be like, I can't do that. Women, this is, again, this is the man you're looking for. I can't tell you how to, here's my best advice for women. Ready for this? Give your heart to God and make any man that wants it have to go to him to get it. Because you will not give your heart to the right person. We make terrible decisions in our life. That's why we're sinners. And it's why we need a savior. If you fail at everything else, you think you choosing a man will be any different? Likewise, us choosing a woman would be any different. I rely on God when it came to choosing my wife. And then at likewise, give your heart to God and that man should go to God to get it. And don't ever expect a man to become a Christian for you because if he becomes a Christian for you, he doesn't love God. He just wants you. So he's willing to become a Christian. I'm just being 100% honest with you right there. Never be mm-hmm. like, I, I hear people talk about time. I'm a, you know how many times I meet people who convert for their husband? And usually it'll be the other way, like Catholicism. And I'm not knocking my Catholic brothers and sisters out there. But if someone, I wouldn't want someone converting for me. Like, don't convert for me. Yeah. If I would have met a woman who's Muslim and she's just like falls in love with me and then says like, I- I'm going to come to Christianity, you know, because I love you. Like, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because if they came Amen. for you, they're not staying for God. 
Exactly. And, 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 and but this will quickly manifest. The fruits of that will quickly be, be evident. You know, anybody that, that changes or comes to Christ for someone, um, you've come to Christ for the wrong reasons. It's the same as the prosperity gospel. You know, it's as people that go to church because they want to give money so that they can get money. <laughs> and ultimately, you know, they want the blessings of what comes with church, but they don't want Jesus, you know, and, and this is what we see again and again. And when, when my wife and I do, do, do counsel other couples, um, she'll speak to the wife. I'll speak to the husband separately for a few days. Then my wife and I will get together and we will discuss, she will bring the wife's perspective. I will bring the husband's perspective of the couple we are talking to. And then we troubleshoot to see if we can see, okay, what, what's caused this? Where is the break in communication? Why are they not talking? Why is this an issue? Why is that an issue? And ultimately when, when we've unpacked everything going on and you've heard both versions, because here's the reality guys, there is your version um, of the truth. There is his version of the truth. And then there is the truth. So that's why I say there are three sides to every single story, you know, and, and when we sit down and, and, you know, when it's my wife and I and the couple that we're chatting to and they actually hear the truth from our side, they nine times out of 10, they go, wow, I didn't realize I was doing that. Hey, I'll be right realize. back. Hold it down for me, JD. Right. No problem. And then they like, you know, I didn't realize that's what I was doing or how I was treating you or what I was saying or what I wasn't saying. So again, when, when we look as husbands and this is specifically to husbands and I know, I know Pastor Kenny will agree with me on this one as, as when we look at the instruction in, in Ephesians, we are told to love our wives as Christ loves the church. And we see and a lot of legalists like to go to Ephesians 6 when it says, wives, submit to your husbands. But Colossians, we see Paul says that we are to submit to one another. We are to submit to one another out of reverence for God. So we submit to one another in the areas where we need to submit. In the areas where we need to submit, we submit to one another out of reverence for God out of a reverence for God, out of a love for Jesus Christ. This is why, this is why we submit to one another. So oftentimes when you see people go to Ephesians 6, then you're like, okay, so where is the, you know, but you, you're taking it out of context because a lot of legalists like to use Ephesians 6 to the wife must submit to the husband. Here's the key. Here's the, here's the, here's the flip side of that coin is, it's difficult for any woman to submit to a man if that man is not in submission to God. Amen. How did I forget go. to wear this shirt tonight? I was like, bro, let me go change my shirts right quick. <laughs> so it it's, 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 yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. I mean, and we see it again and again and again. If if the husband is not in submission to God, the wife's not going to be in submission to, to the husband and the children are not going to listen to the parents. And so we have a, that beautiful umbrella that Mark's got on his T-shirt, we see that fall apart where Jesus comes in somewhere in the middle, the husband at the top, the kids kind of wherever. And, and this is why it is it's dangerous. And we have to, out of reverence for one another, submit to one another because we have reverence for God. So this is how, this is the image bearing. I mean, if we look at the 
God considers this the same as Jesus being the groom and his bride being the church. And he's saying, love like Christ loves the church. That's a sacrificial love. That's a love that doesn't get angry, doesn't boast, doesn't envy. You know, as we read in 1 Corinthians 13, which is often used in marriages, which is often used in, you know, the wedding ceremonies, but it's much, much more than that because we know that your wife and your husband, this is one flesh and you guys are united under God. And a lot of people still look at it like this rather than this. And, and this is this is the biggest problem. And, and, and I'm glad that you uh, ironically, you brought that up as I was going to get this. But I've actually had people like think that's weird to say that God comes first before my wife. Right. But can I tell you guys a secret? Until you love God more than your wife and more than your children, you'll never love your wife to the maximum that you can. You see, our love is only this. This is our cap, right? This is how much you can love just because you're a flawed human. And if you love your wife that much, that's as much as you could love her. But when you love God more than anything, it opens that cap up because it's the love of God. You can never love your wife the way that you truly need to until you love God more than her. Because in order to love God, you got to go up here. And therefore, it opens up the room for how much you can truly love your wife and love your children. And that must come first. It must go God, family. That's it. God, husband, amen. wife, children. Um, brother, amen, amen, amen. Um, man, I had, I had something before I walked away. Oh, oh, I was going <laughs> to say something because we were kind of talking about um, well, you know, I'll save it to when we get, cause right now we're talking about husband and wife. When we roll into more directly to men, like men, this is, you know, some standard you need to have and men, uh, I'll bring it up then. So let's, let's, let's keep focused obviously, um, on right now. We're just talking about the actual, uh, marriage itself. Yeah. And guys, uh, you know, there's, there's quite a few people in the chat. If there are any questions, um, tonight we, we want to address those questions. So we're not going to have like a full Q and A at the end. If there is anything regarding the marriage or problem that you guys have picked up in the marriage, then throw it out there because ultimately it, it this is a good platform for us to discuss whatever right, it is. I still have my earrings in. Um, so <laughs> I do want to talk about one thing and we keep mentioning how we go by worldly things and worldly things. And, and that's the problem when we, we fail in our marriages is when we adopt worldly principles. And one of the things that, and this doesn't just count in marriage, this is a struggle in Christianity. It's adopting the word love from the world. You see in today's society, the culture has adopted what's called a Greco-Roman love, the Cupid love, right? Cupid shoots yeah, an yeah, arrow, yeah. hits you in the butt, and you just go, oh, my goodness. I'm in, I'm this in love feels amazing. And, and it's just, she's everything. She took my heart from me, and I just knew I loved her the minute I saw her. That's yeah. the Greco-Roman love, the, the sappy, romantic love. But do you know what that actually is? Those things are called hormones, infatuation, and lust. You see, love is not a feeling at all. Love is not, oh, I feel you. Because here's the truth. If you, if you, if your husband 
is I met you. Oh my God, I met you. And you were just the everything, my all, my everything. And the minute I saw you, I knew I had to be with you. If you're okay with that being his love for you, then be ready when that woman in the street walks by him. She's a perfect 10. She smells amazing. And he just gets this feeling and it's love. It's true love. I can't <laughs> deny it. Right. That's not love. You see, love, love is a choice. And the Bible has three different loves. There's actually a, uh, one more, but three major loves. There's eros in Greek. Greek, uh, phileo in Greek and agape. Got and there's that. one other one. I don't have it off the top of my head. Phileo is your brotherly love, Philadelphia, right? Me and JD have a phileo love, right? That's the love we have. It will never be Eros because that gets weird. That would be wrong. Um, but I also <laughs> have an agape love for him and we'll get to that. Eros the love of Christ. Yeah. Eros Amen. love is your romantic love. That's the love between a man and a woman. And then agape is the love of God. And if yeah. you've ever been, and I've actually, I know people that actually don't know that this is in the Bible. Um, many people, the only reason they do know it's in the Bible is because it gets quoted at every single wedding. And it's not, yeah. it's not about marriage at all. The truth at is all. that Paul is actually talking about this for how you should love everybody. However, let's talk about it. I'm going to bring it up on screen. We are going to do a little bit of Bible tonight. And let's talk yeah, about absolutely. what love is and how this actually plays in a marriage, because if you actually, I'm gonna tell you this right now, if you hold to, if you were every day to read this and say, I'm gonna hold myself to this standard of love for my wife, I guarantee that your marriage will be successful because Amen. this is how you love. You see, love is a choice, meaning when I wake up tomorrow, if I'm mad at my wife, it was a rough day the day before, she's getting on my nerves, maybe I just don't have a feeling in my heart where I'm just like, oh, my love, my wife, my love you so much. I still have to choose her because she is the one that I committed myself to. She is the one exactly. that I give my life to, and I choose her every day. So let's read it Amen. together. Uh, oh, well, that's not it. Let me go over to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. Starting at verse 4. Love is patient. I'm just going to stop. Love is patient. Love is patient. What is love is patient? Your husband keeps telling you he's going to do something. And he doesn't do it. And you start getting upset with him. But Mike, I'm being patient with him. But he's just not doing it. I, I, da, 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 da. It's selflessness. Now, I'm not mm. saying he's right. Let me, let me make something very clear. These loves have nothing to do with the other person's response to it. You see, the true definition of agape love is selfless love. And what that means is you do so without the expectation of anything in return. My philosophy pr uh, professor in college once uh, used this example for what true love is, and people in the classroom's dr jaws dropped. He said, if you truly had agape love, let me give you a scenario. You're dating a woman, and um, you guys have been together for several years. And then one day she comes to you and says, I met someone. They are everything that I ever thought I needed. And I don't mean to say that to hurt you, but they are, they are it. They, they make me better. They support me in ways you don't. They, are, they make me better. True agape love would say, well, if that's what's better for you, if that's what you want, I wish you nothing but luck. No matter how angry you are no matter how much you want to scream because true agape love is nothing expected in return. I don't I just do want to bounce off of that. Yeah, go ahead. You know, the, the, one of the things that my wife and I did, for example, um, like she'd asked me to do something and she would eventually get irritated because I haven't done it. Um, and the one day 
I sat my wife down and I said, why are you getting so upset? And she said, well, I've asked you three times to pack the dishwasher. Um, and then I'm like, well, I'm busy with this and I'm going to pack the dishwasher as soon as I'm done with what I'm busy with already. And um, here's, here's just some good advice, you know. And I said to my wife, if it's bothering you that much, just get on and do it. And, and this is what a lot of people don't realize. In a, ma in a marriage, if it's bothering you, it's affecting you. It's not affecting, uh, let's just, for example, we married, Mike and I are married. It's bothering him that there are socks on the floor. Pick up the socks and throw them in the throw them in the laundry. This is what servitude is. This is how we serve one another. So I know there are things that, that I don't like in my wife. There's things that she doesn't like. If I'm aware of it, I'll take care of it. But if I've missed it, she's going to carry on and do it without going, you could have done this. I you do want to reemphasize again. This is for a godly marriage. Yeah. And, and if you're in a marriage with someone who takes advantage of that, you still should be like that. But that doesn't mean that you're not seeking some way to either get this figured out, counseling, church involvement. Like, so I want to emphasize with the things we're saying here. It's not like, oh, let your husband do whatever he wants to do because you're loving him selflessly. No, by all means, if someone's taking advantage of that, you still need to be caring about the benefit, you know, the benefit, like your safety and, and your provision. And right, like, so I just want to make sure it's very clear that me and JD are not sitting there being like, let your husband walk all over you because your job's to love selflessly. Your job no, is to, you know, not at all. No matter what, obviously, if it's not just normal issues where someone might be doing something that you want to you know, scream at him, but you're not, if it's something beyond that, obviously, seek betterment. That doesn't mean you start no. treating them differently, though. You still treat exactly. them exactly as because you're not uh, we I see in scripture where it says that, you know, I forget exactly where, but it tells the wife that your submission isn't about your husband. It's about you honoring God in the role mm -hmm. that you were given. Mm -hmm. And in fact, Amen. side note from here, because it's on my mind. Um, fun thing about this structure here that people don't realize. If I lead my family improperly, God going to come talk to me about it. Yeah. When God return, when Jesus returns, he not calling Mrs. Pagano up to talk to her when Jesus walked up in the garden. Yes, I said Jesus. He didn't say, Eve, Eve, where you at? He didn't say, Adam and Eve, where you at? No, no, no. He said, Adam, hey, what's up? Mm. Likewise, if I mislead my wife, and obviously it doesn't mean I can convince her to go to Satanism and she follows me there. She, there's still, we'll talk about that when we get to the submission part. Let me actually write that down, um, how to submit. Uh, or, or what submission looks like. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but yeah. as long as I'm submit, I'm, I'm in the, uh, I'm following my authority as given by God and, and doing what God has ordered as far as that structure goes. If I lead her astray with things that aren't proper, she's not going to be judged on my bad decisions, but she will be judged on her submission to it. If that makes yeah. sense. An example here, I made a decision that we were going to change churches uproot our family from one church to another based on the biblical things happening in that church. And it was my wife's home church, but she submitted to me saying your decision, I follow. If for example, that was the wrong decision and God was upset about that. God's not going to be upset with my wife for following. God will be upset for me for misleading. Right? So I wanted to throw that out there that uh, your submission to your husband is between you and God. Just like my leading of my wife, is between me and God. Let's get back to what we're reading here, though. So love is patient. 
and kind, kind. You don't treat your wife as less than you. And we'll get to this eventually tonight. Yeah. Love does not envy or boast. That's so that's mm. man. My wife makes more money, man. That's stupid, man. I pay all the bills and she'd be having all this extra money, man. Why don't you give it? You know, no, 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 you know. But this goes hand in hand with what we read in Colossians, doesn't it? Where oh, it says, husbands, 100%. do not grow bitter against your wives. Do not Amen. grow bitter against your wives. Amen. Hey, why does why does my husband get this authority? Why do I got to submit to him? Why can't he submit to me? What about the, 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 the envy? In fact, if you look back at the actual curse on Eve, one of those is is about that that relationship with the man. I'd have to pull it up to not mess it up. But if you actually read it, it shows that she a woman will strive for man's uh, authority, and that's part of the curse. And that's why we see this this not wanting to submit. That's actually kind of ingrained in you. That sin. That is sin in yeah. you when you don't want to do that. It is not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. Men, this is for you. Just because your wife is called to submit to you, and I know we're going to get the submission later, but men, submission is never by demand. It is literally uh, 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 consequential. If you are a man of God, you will never have to ask a woman of God to submit to you. I never once ever had to tell my wife, submit to me. And if any of you know yeah. my wife, she is also not a timid woman. So that idea of a Christian woman being this timid woman is mind blowing to me. But mm -hmm. a man of God, let me be real honest with you, JD, you can probably attest to this. When you walk a certain way as a man of God, it's not just your wife that naturally submits to you. People naturally will submit to you. If you walk yeah. into, a, uh, into a place as a natural leader, because a man of God that follows God's order, you are naturally going to be a leader. Now, it doesn't mean you're going to be Moses, but a natural leader. And therefore, submission will come naturally, just like we submitted to our parents naturally. You know why? Yeah. Because you recognize that they provided for you. Like, ready for this? I'm going to do a little quick poll. Women, single women, if you ran into a man that sincerely said this to you, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to be everything you can depend on. I will always be there. I will always respect you. And you will never have to worry about another thing in your life. I might not have it all, but I'll make sure that I give you my all. Would yeah. he have to tell you to submit to him? Or would you naturally submit to him? And yeah. I, don't mean, I don't mean just word game. That's who he is also. Like you, you're recognizing that in his character. <laughs> Bro, I'm yeah. submitting to him. <laughs> because submission comes by consequence of how you walk the men that don't deserve submission are the first ones barking about i need my wife to submit to me yeah a man exactly. of god don't gotta say that exactly <laughs> ain't gotta say it it's natural it comes from it it's but, it's so um, spot on it's never it's never ever 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 something i've had to go to my wife and say you need to submit to me um <laughs> because again it's it's and I'm just, you know, I'm speaking to the husbands. I'm speaking to men who are looking to become husbands. You know, with with my wife, it is she knows that I'm a protector and a provider, but I'm also the one who nurtures her and I treat her with delicate love, with a very delicate love. Like I'll speak to my wife softly and with with compassion, and and sometimes I listen to my wife speak for three hours and i'm like babe you lost me you, you you're starting to lose me you, you you're waterboarding me now <laughs> and she'll be like oh sorry sorry let me get to my point because this is how it works and the more we love our wives 
and show them that we are a listening ear, but not just listening to respond, listening to go, oh, how did that make you feel? Oh, wow. So what is your next step? You know, being involved um, because here's the reality. Feminism hates women. Feminism hates women. Feminism mm -hmm. has caused women to want to be men. Um, they hate women so much. They want feminism to has completely like destroyed the idea of equality. You know, they, they yeah. Don't, yeah, that's a whole nother. Exactly. exactly. You know, it's interesting though. Um, it's funny that you kind of bring up that about like men hear me on this one. Submission doesn't mean that she has no voice as Christ loves the church. You ever notice that God constantly wants us to be involved in his plan? We are fellow workers with him. Jesus allows his apostles to speak up. I mean, the apostles sometimes try to check Jesus and then he quickly like puts them in a place, but he lets them say things to them. Like I, sometimes I read the gospel and I'd be like, oh man, they'd be talking to him kind of reckless sometimes, but he lets them because he loves them. And he knows like, it's like it, when your child is so small and so weak, he can never actually hurt you. So you let him be tough and you know, that's kind of loving like, okay, but like it, Jesus ain't worried about, he, he's a big boy, right? He, he can understand if you you talk a certain way. Now, I'm not saying you could be disrespectful, but what I mean is you see the apostles sometimes ask, she's like, yo, what are you doing? Why? What? Wait a minute. Why? Like, and they they talk to him, not in this way, like Jesus, but like, but Jesus, um, if you don't mind, if it's okay, if like, if you're just, you know, I'm just because like, I just want to No, They'd be like, no, we shouldn't do that. Jesus, why did you do that? No, don't do that. And, and he lets them engage. Right. So. Being a man that leads and your wife submitting does not mean everything you say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. No, my wife puts me in my place sometimes as Amen. I need. The exactly. difference is. Amen. And the difference is my wife will also recognize when it's time. Right. And what I mean, I like to use the military as an example. Um, so in the military, you have something called a non-commissioned officer. It's an NCO, right? It's the rank of E4 and E5 right? They're leaders. They both hold the rank of non-commissioned officer. However, one is an E5 and one is an E4. What does that mean? In the normal day-to-day, -day, an E4 can push back with a sergeant. No, nah, man, that's not a good idea. This is what I think we should do. But in the combat zone, if a decision needs to be made and we don't have time to discuss anything, the E4 submits, the E5 says it, he says, yes, sergeant, he does it. Likewise, yeah. Me and my wife, exactly. we can have that pushback. But if ish hits the fan, if poop hits the fan and a decision Amen. needs to be made and we don't have time for this discussion or input, what I say is what I say. And that is what is going to happen because we have we don't have time for a decision and it's my responsibility. And why is it my responsibility? Because I'm going to be the one that answers to him. So I have to be the one to make the decisions. Right. Yeah. It's, it's what's been, what's been given. Um, so that's Amen. why I do love that analogy. So uh, like I said, love does not insist on its own. It is not irritable or resentful. This is one that's important. Very. A lot of times we do that bottling up and women are really guilty for this. And I'm not I'm just saying it's natural how you guys are. Sometimes women would rather not bring things up right away. It's not uh, more natural for them to kind of let things slide. And then when you do unload on your husband, it's like, oh, and this, and this, and this. Mm, and it, mm, you've been mm, holding yeah. it. Yeah, all right? the bottling comes out, yeah. And, and men, will, men are just as guilty. Resentfulness yeah. is terrible. If it happened in the past and you've worked through it, it is over. You don't, and it's this is going to roll right into the part. Don't where bring it up again. Yeah. It, it, where, I think it says it holds no grudges. Is that what it does? Uh, uh, yeah. Um, uh, does uh, not rejoice at wrongdoing. Actually, I think I think it is not irritable or resentful in other 
in other translations actually uses grudges because that's grudges. where maybe I got it from. Exactly. But yeah, it, that's ridiculous. You can't stop that, man of God. Stop that. I don't care yeah. what your wife did a year ago. If you decided to move on past that, if you decided not to handle it then, if you decided that or it was handled, you don't get to bring that up. You know the biggest problem I would think also in marriages in, in today's society? The tit-for-tat mentality. Oh, yeah. well, she did this. Yeah, so I'm going to oh, do oh, this. You're mad because I stayed out with my boys? You don't remember a month ago when I let it slide that you was out with your girls? Bro, this mm -hmm. ain't about me. Mm -hmm. That's not mm -hmm. what, 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 what... Stop that because that means you're what? Keeping account of wrongdoings. You're keeping account of what that person's doing. You're, you're counting mm -hmm. up just in case. Amen. Stop that, my brothers in Christ. Stop that. Um, yeah. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, meaning if your wife is wrong and in the wrong, don't out of, I just love her. I don't want to say it. No, you, hey, but this is wrong. You should not be doing that. I'll give you an example on this one. My wife likes reality TV shows. And a few years ago, there was a reality TV show that uh, caught her attention that RuPaul drag race, right? Christian woman, she's not sitting there saying she agrees with it, but she it found it funny watching them argue and all that stuff. And I said to her, I said, this is a mockery to God, babe. And, and I, I, I'm, I, I wasn't a, I wasn't worried about her being offended at my statement. Like I, I don't really accept this. Like I'm not going to be like you have to turn it off or else I'm going to beat you. No, but I made it very clear. Like I'm, I, I don't think you should watch that. I, I'm against that, and I won't be in the room when it's on. She stopped watching it because then it started to feel it. And that, like I, it, it's almost like you spiritually wake someone up when they've been blinded by their. Because we all get blinded sometimes. But my wife yes. does it all the time. Yeah. My wife helps me all the time from being prideful. If I ever Amen. slip up and tell someone about my platform and it sounds like I'm saying I, when someone's asking like, Hey, how's that thing going on TikTok? Oh man, I've been doing really well. She'll be like, hmm, I, that's all God, right? <laughs> You're right, babe. My bad. That's yeah. what we do. I mean, Diane did the same with me and, and sports, you know, it's, it's, and I've done the same, exactly the same scenario with her and, and TV shows. So my wife used to love watching, suspense suspenseful dramas like crime thrillers you know detective crime thriller type vibes and you know i watched one or two with her and i'm like babe this is really ominous this is like really dark like why are you letting your brain and and this is this is why we warn because you can't unsee anything once you've seen something it cannot be unseen you know people are like why shouldn't you watch x y and z well because it stays with you you can't unsee it it doesn't and remember, guys, this it. is about your conviction of what the spirit like. So we're not telling you, yeah. everybody, run home right now and do what Mike and JD have done, right? No, you exactly. You might have a certain relationship where you have a certain level of uh, spiritual maturity where you watch movies that are radar and it's got some stuff in it. I've watched some stuff that maybe some Christians wouldn't enjoy, and then I stay away from demonic stuff, right? That's me. We don't do yeah. anything demonic. We'll watch a movie mm -hmm. with real life things in it because that's real life. But yeah. we will stay away from things that have those, you know, demonic door. And you might not do any of that. Just want to make sure you guys aren't hearing us as these are me and JD giving you instruction. Rather, yeah. we're sharing our walk with you because we want to share with you as brothers in this faith with you. Just want to keep I'm going to keep reminding you guys of that tonight because I yeah. never want anybody to be like, oh, I got to do this. Right. Um, and then the reverse on that was just me with sports. You know, I used to get so heated with sports that that my wife would would look at me and she'd be like, you know, your kids are watching you. Your kids are watching you. And I'd be like, wow, I didn't even realize. Um, and she's like, it's just a game, babe. 
in the greater scheme of things, none of this affects our eternity. It's just a game. It's just sport. And, and it was at that point where I was like, wow, that is so profound. It is just a game, you know, and, and, and people will go, well, it's not just a game. This is the biggest game of the season. And ultimately, it is just a game. It's, it's just a game. And, and I just recently kind of started to fade away from that. I mean, I still love football, but this last year and a half, like I, cause I, I used to be the kind that jumps up and screams at the TV foul too. Cause I'm a Marine, right? Like get your head out the game. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, 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 I get it. I get you a hundred percent there. Exactly. Um, exactly. On that. So, uh, uh, let's, 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 let's keep the conversation moving. And I want to focus a little bit towards men directly. Um, about what you need to be because i want to i want to re-emphasize something we kind of hinted at men be a man worthy of submission be a man that will lead and not just so there's different ways that we lead okay you're called to look let me read it right off my shirt you're called to protect the family lead the family and provide for the family but provide what you know people hear this all the time but well my wife makes more money than me this is not the financial hierarchy. Again, we live in a certain society where the way culture is, sometimes you need both people working. That's just the culture we live in. And if that's what you need to do, then do what is necessary. You are called to provide those. So what that means is this. Let's say you and your wife have to both work because that's the way the culture is. Yeah. If it gets to the point where you guys aren't making ends meet, it's on you to make sure that happens though. So if anybody needs the extra job, if anybody needs to do the extra thing, if anybody needs to sacrifice for the provision of the family, that's on you. If your wife yeah. contributes, more power to you. But it is your responsibility. So what that means is if your family is not provided for, it's not on your wife. Even yeah. if she helped, it's on you. And let me just throw this out there. The scriptures Again. say in Timothy, if anyone does not provide for his family, he is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah. And I want to remind man. you what the scripture is saying to you as your job. Uh, uh, side note, that also kind of goes with abortion because you're not <laughs> providing for your family, but let's not go down that route. So yeah. providing for your family. Now, what other provision is there? You need to provide spiritually. That means you can't just, it is 100% possible, men, to be present while being absent in today's society, I noticed some men want this high five achievement medal because they're present with their family. And it's like, I don't congratulate a fish for swimming. That's what a yeah. fish does. Like yeah. that's not an achievement. You're in the house. Oh, you visit Good your job. kids yeah. or, or you, you, you spent time with your kid today. Well, you're not the babysitter. So that's not an achievement. You should yeah. spend time with the kid. What you are you promote, doing yeah. to pour into your family? What are you doing spiritually? Or do you allow your family to be like, look, I'm on TikTok preaching the word of God, but you know, I don't ever bring up the word of God to my family. I'm not yeah. praying with my family. Matter of yeah. fact, if you're praying on TikTok every day, but you don't pray with your kids, I got a question for you. Yeah. Amen. Now, I pray with my kids every single night. Every one of my children, I pray with them every night. My wife, I try to pray with every night, but we do go to bed at different times. And that's something we actually made a goal this year to work on that even if we go to bed at separate times and we still, it's still nights nice, where we slack on that. But then we've had, we've had periods where we're going hard on that. And then we've had periods where, uh, you know, we, we didn't do as great on that, but 
with one thing you can control is I, I will say that your children, because there should never be a time unless you're working. Like, it's not like I go to bed separate time. I put my kids to bed. Therefore, I will pray with my kids every night because it's my yes. job. I'm the, I'm the father. Provide for them with that. You also need to provide as an example of love. Like I mentioned earlier, you are the example of the father in heaven to them. And you are the yeah. example of Jesus to your wife. That is what you are, whether you like it or not. Like if you don't represent them properly, and here's the thing that I really want to emphasize, and I'll let JD take over a little bit. Just saying these things doesn't mean a thing if you don't act it. And what I mean by that is I can be this all day long, but if I don't act this way to my children, then they're going to, your family is the first one that's going to recognize your BS. Like, Hey, Mm. dad preaches all the time, but yet he always yells at mom. Dad preaches yeah. all the time, but then be coming home drunk and 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 slamming the door in mom's face. But dad does this all the time, but does this, this, and that. Right? It's like you can force the Bible down your kids' throats, and it gets them nowhere. Matter of fact, yeah. I'll say this right now: it is way more important that you love your children the way God loves than than it is to read the Bible to them. Because, yeah. like I told you earlier, I learned who God's God's love from my father's actions, not the Bible. Because I saw his selfless love. My father gave to so much to all people and love people. And I saw that. And, Amen. and you men, this is your duty and your job. Because eventually your kids are going to be out there in the world. And I'm going to tell you this right now. There's going to be two voices when they hit the world. God's voice and the, and the world's voice. Satan's voice. And if yeah. they never heard God from you, how you expect them to recognize his voice when they hit the world? If you're not pouring the word of God into their life daily, yeah. if you think that hour at Sunday school is enough to raise your children, call me when they're adults and let's talk about how we get them back to the church after they've rebelled. Because I yeah. guarantee you expecting the, the Sunday school to, to raise your children up in the ways of the, uh, of the truth, uh, uh, you're, it's not going to happen. And, you know, it goes like this, and I'm just going to touch on this. Uh, <clears throat> Kenny brought it up in the chat now. Um, you know, if your wife is pouring herself into other things like novels, um, where she's, she's finding, you know, her, her security in, in, in books or in TV shows, this is a perfect opportunity for you as a man to take a long, hard look in the mirror and say, how can I be better? You know, every single couple i've spoken to that are having issues both male and female are going he needs to change that she needs to change that but when we get to a point where we where we're following god so closely if you're following christ closely and this applies to male and female if you are following jesus christ and that is your that is your will and your want is to please christ and follow christ then you stop looking at your partner going, oh, well, I wish she would change this. I wish he would change that. And you start looking inwardly and you start saying, Ooh. okay, how can I change? How can I change Preach, to better my partner's life? What oh. do I do to get her to open up to me? How do I sit down with my wife and where I am glorifying God while I am talking to my wife. And and this is the thing. You know, a lot of people, we, and I say this again and again and again, we walk around like Jesus is so 
far distant place away in heaven and that's where he is you forget that the holy spirit dwells in you and you are walking with christ oh in you so if you are walking with christ in you you then represent christ to your wife and likewise wives represent christ to your husband because Amen. then you've got that perfect pyramid where god's at the top husband Amen. and wife are joining unity in the middle that is how it works can i bounce off that Remember what I said earlier about that leader that you want to follow because you don't want to let them down. If you're the husband that just barks orders and why you need to change this and you need to change this, you need to change this. That will never lead to change. If you always focus on being the better version of you, like here's an example. Let me just throw this out there. Have you ever been with someone who just is excelling in everything they do and you just feel like I got to keep up? I, I got to keep up. In fact, that's why we do gym partners, right? Because if you have someone at the gym, you go a little harder because you don't want, you don't yeah. want me looking at you. If you are sitting there just being like, come on, do what I do, do what I, it's not the same thing as you focus and you focus and you focus on you to where that other person is just like, okay, I see you're leading by example. You are leading as someone willing to do it. And guess what? That's what Jesus did. He Amen. washed feet so that his apostles would know that they need to wash feet. He didn't just say, I want you to go and wash feet. No, he washed. And before he even told them to wash feet, he did the washing and then explained to them that when you do it, you know, the servant's not greater than the master. He washed feet before he asked them to wash feet. He died on the cross before he asked you to give up your life. This is what Christ did. And women listening, this is what a man of God is what you need to be looking for in a man of God. Not the one that just, oh, submit to me because that submission thing. Listen, I, the women, I, I, I've made it a goal in my life. And many women that have gotten to know me have probably learned this, that I have a special place in my heart for my sisters in Christ because of how many men have misused the power of the Bible against them and the authority yeah. against them. And I've yeah. met women scarred by the idea of submission because of the misrepresentation that it is. And I'm yeah. sorry. On And look, I'm not going to be one of men that are like, well, that ain't me. It ain't me. But guess what? They represent my king and I represent my king. So I am sorry on behalf of those men. And it might mean nothing to you, but I'm sorry. And I'm going to look over here to you too on TikTok. If you've been abused by someone by the, by the authority of the Bible and using the Bible against you, if you've been uh, uh, essayed by someone, if you have been forced uh, into any type of submission or whatever it may be, I am so sorry that there were no men present to protect you. And I don't yeah. care what the world says, like women don't need protection. Yes, you do. Because that is what God made us for to protect. And I am sorry, but let me make this very clear. When it comes to the man of God that you need to find, submission is not the hardest thing God orders. When God says, love your wife as Christ loves the church, let me really paint this picture. Not only did Christ wash feet for his church, but he came down off his throne and he died for his church. And not only did he die for his church, but he died for them while they were still sinners and enemies of God. What does that Amen. really look like? That means even if you are a rebellious wife, he should love you. Even if Amen. you are not obeying, even if you are not being good at, good at what you're supposed to do, if you're not being part, doing your part, it's not about what you do because Christ didn't wait for us to be the obedient wife before he died for us. Just like uh, uh, Hosea didn't care about Ray, uh, uh, Gomer being a good wife when he went to the prostitute den to buy her 
her back. He was already his wife, but he paid for her. Just like we were already Jesus's belonging, but he paid for us with his blood. So if you find a man that makes you feel like you have to earn what he gives you, then he's doing the opposite of Christ. Because just like salvation is a free gift and God's love is a free gift, your husband's love should be 100% free. And if he makes you feel like you have to earn it, then that man is not being loving as Christ loves the church. Amen. Amen. I mean, you, you, and, and this is, this is another thing, you know, just on the back of that, I see it so much on TikTok and, and, and just on what you've just said, Mark, guys, stop taking marriage advice from single men and single women. Stop taking (laughs) marriage advice from people that are not married. And I don't care if they used to be married because if they're, if they're single and used to be married, that's even worse. That's even worse if they come off a failed marriage cool, and they try to tell you. some experience, but it failed. No, no. I mean, this is what I say. I say to people all the time. You don't take, you don't, you know, you don't drive past someone that's, that's riding a horse and assumes that he can fly a plane. And this is ultimately what people do. If, if someone is in a position um, and they're speaking or they're preaching, they, they don't have it all figured out. And ultimately, you know, I see so many people like young kids giving marriage advice. And I'm like, what? This kid's not even what he's dating and he's giving marriage advice. Like you, <laughs> that's not how it works. That's not how it works. And again, my experiences, Mike's experiences not, might not add up to your experiences, but this is ultimately why we go back to the word of God. And what does the word of God say? Our love is a sacrificial love. Our love is a submissive love. Our love is a, I don't want anything in return love. You don't have to do anything tomorrow to get this love. I'm going to love you no matter how irritable you are, no matter how annoyed you are, no matter what time of the month it is, I'm going to love you the same because I love Jesus the same every single day. I don't wake up one day and love Jesus less. In fact, I love Jesus more and more every single day I wake up. I'm more grateful that I've got another day to proclaim the good news of Christ Jesus. So this is the same thing with my wife every day. And this is when you start looking at things as a blessing rather than a burden. And every day my wife wakes up, I'm like, yeah, I get to love her again. I get to do it again and again and again and again. This is the, it's a mindset change. It's a worldview change. And um, side note, before I say what I'm about to say, we're definitely doing parenting on the next episode because we're not even close to done this. Um, and I want to I want to piggyback off that just because a little because uh, it kind of goes hand in hand because this is this is beyond marriage advice. This is why it's so important that a pastor must be a married man and have a wife. Now he doesn't have to have kids, but I would say that if kids aren't there yet, it definitely should be part of the plan, even if it's adoption. And here's why. Here is why. The Bible commands it. That's why. But why does the Bible command it? People say all the time, that's so weird that, a, that I don't believe a pastor has to be married. I can't believe that some churches actually require a pastor to be married to even have a job. Single people have a role. Look at Paul. Paul wasn't a shepherd. He was not a pastor. He was not a pastor. That's yeah, not what he was. And Paul gave us these rules. Let yeah. me make this very clear. If a man is expected to lead a congregation, you will have single men in the congregation and married men. Only a married man can teach both. A single man can't lead those married men. He has no idea what that married those married men are going through. Exactly. Likewise, if a man is meant to lead an entire congregation, you have to at least have experience leading a mini congregation. And that's what the family is. So if a man has never led a wife, how can he lead a church? 
If a man has never led his children, how can he lead a church? These are biblical principles. People ask me all the time, Mike, I'm looking for a church. What, what do you think? I, like, what's the thing? I always tell people, make sure the pastor fits t- Timothy and Titus. Make sure that Ask they have them. elders and make Ask sure them. they preach a sound gospel. Those 100%. are the three most important things when you're looking for a church. I don't give a darn if they call themselves Baptist or Presbyterian. You can argue all day. Like, Wait, what about the darn? No. Do they preach a sound gospel? Saved by the blood of Christ through the death, burial, and resurrection, faith, uh, grace through faith. Do they have elders to keep the pastor in check? And is the pastor a married man above reproach, uh, a a husband, has children, takes care of his family? Um, Does he know his congregation? Is he connected to the congregation? These are important things. And what happens when you don't have that? I don't know. Take a look at Mike Todd, right? He even admitted, I wasn't. He said, when they approached me for this position, I was not qualified. But, you know, God qualifies. No, 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 stop. You should have stopped right there, and you should not have accepted (laughs) that job. In fact, in a private conversation with JD today, I openly told him, if someone came to me right now and said, Mike, I heard you're looking for a job in ministry. We love your TikTok. We have an opening for a lead pastor position. I would deny it. And I'm married. I have children. I still don't think I fit those qualifications yet. Will I one day? Possibly. Will the Lord call me there? Possibly. If he doesn't, if he does, it's, it's a, let the Lord's will be done, right? Whatever he wills. Amen. I'll go whatever he calls to. But if someone asks me right now, I'm not qualified yet. I'm, I'm, I just don't. Now, I might have to, maybe some elders would sit me down and explain to me why I am. And if that happened, then we could talk about it. Like if God intervenes and says, you are qualified. But as far yeah. as I look at myself, I'm willing to admit that. I, I'm yeah. not. Because Absolutely. that is such an important, the pastor is so important because he's the representation of Christ. Just as the husband is the representation of Christ to the wife, the pastor yeah. is the representation of Christ to the church. Like there's, Amen. again, that's a whole different episode, but because of what we were talking about, kind of going hand in hand with that, I did yeah. want to say that. And Sissy, as much as I love hearing that, this is not a church. Um, um, because it's it it's not it's not. However, are we a are we members of the church? Yes, we are all members of the church. If you talk big church, body of Christ, right? We're yeah. talking about a congregation church, which has a certain structure and hierarchy, and that's 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 necessary, right? So I just want to throw it yeah. out there. There's a common misconception nowadays. They say where two or three are gathered, that's the church. That's actually not true, and that's actually not even what Jesus said. Um, because in that same passage, Jesus says correct someone. And if they don't listen, come back with two or three. And if they don't listen to that, take them to the church. And then after that, he says, where two or three are gathered, so am I. If two or three is the church, then Jesus literally just redundantly uh, uh, broke his own words because he said, if they don't listen to two or three, take them to the church. So two or three can't be the church because that would make no sense to take them to the church. So the church is a a group with a hierarchy, the elders, the pastor, that, that's a structure, right? So I get it. The Discord is a virtual church in a sense, but it still is not an actual church. And I will always push people to um, always seek a true church because that's important. And uh, Sissy, I don't Amen. mind being your interim uh, fellowship, right? I don't mind that. 
and, and JD and I actually had this conversation off air. We have no problem being the interim because we know we live in a technology era. We know that we uh, had COVID that also pushed people and we will always be here for you virtually. Love you to death. And I'm not sitting here fighting against you on that. But I do want to make it clear that because we can't actually shepherd you physically. What I mean by that is we can't actually come into your life and help you. If things got bad, we can't be there to do things that the church can do, support you the way the church can support you, love you the way that the church can love you. We can't. We physically can't. And therefore, we are not that. And that's why Paul says, do not forsake the congregation. Um, and uh, way, truth, and life. I don't know if you missed what I just said, if there's a delay, but the two or three thing, I kind of just explained it. And you can kind of rewind it because I don't want to waste too much time repeating it. But two or three three are members of the church. And again, I'm not sitting there saying if you don't have a physical church, you stand condemned. I'm not saying that. I know some of you don't. And based on your situation, um, I I get it. That doesn't mean that we just like here's what I'll side note and and kind of say this real quick because it's important. First and foremost, I get it. Some people have had bad experiences. Some people might not be close to one. And then sometimes people make up some excuses. I'm not saying y'all are doing that. Sometimes people make those excuses because they don't want to be in a church. Um, At the end of the day, that is something Satan wants you to believe um, because he wants you to be alone. You see, God said before sin ever entered the world, what did God say when he created everything? He saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. He saw that it was good. It actually goes in an order. Yeah, amen. Before sin entered the world, what did he say about Adam? He saw that man was alone and it was not good. Good. Not good. Before sin. Before <laughs> sin. And because man is not meant to be alone. Our God is never alone. He exists three in one, right? So aloneness, and I get it. You're saying you're with us spiritually. And guys, I love you all. I'm not... Obviously, yeah. I want you here. That's so all like, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to push you away from me, but I want you to understand there are things that the physical congregation can provide that nothing online can ever provide. People that can come to your house when you need it. People that can bring you food when you can't do it. People that can help build that fence when you can't. People that can see you on a day-to-day. See, if you're going through a t- tough patch, you just don't come online. Me and JD be like, I haven't seen that person in a while. The church, though, that knows you, might be like, hey, I saw Where her you? the other day and she's something's wrong. We need to check on her. And they yeah. step in. Hey, I noticed things are rough. We wanted to bless you with some with some extra money to help you with your finances because we saw the way Amen. things are going. We love you. Hey, did you need help with babysitting? We can be there for you to help you. Can we be involved in helping raise your kid? My, this The virtual church can't help you with raising your children and be there to pour into your kids. The physical church can. So again, you might not have one now. And maybe you don't want to have one now, but I know the Holy Spirit will pull you to one. He will always pull you to one when, when there is one available. And when you finally do find that one, that, that isn't what the one that hurt you was like, man, there's nothing like it. There is nothing. I've had the bad churches. In fact, I rebuked the pastor and I ran from a certain church. There is nothing like. Yeah. I mean, and this is, this is, is a good point because this we've got a lot of people and if we look at if we look at marriage if we look at marriage as as a representation of this unity i mean we see again i'll say it again christ is coming back for his bride he is considered the groom the he, <clears throat> israel is considered the bride of christ that we see we see we see that this analogy even extends 
into into the marriage because where we at where we are at as husband and wife and if we see that that Jesus says husband love your wives as Christ loves the church wives submit to your husband in all things and he's talking about all things that are with within the marriage for God we see the same thing happen when when in Galatians we see that there is no there is no more bond no more free there is no more slave there is no more male no female and a lot of people miss this when we say you are now one flesh with your wife this is literally what it means you are one flesh with your wife spiritually and and if you are hurting she's going to be hurting and if and vice versa so this is why we get to keep coming back to how are you communicating what is going on so i just want to add one thing just to make sure it's clear on what i'm saying i don't want you guys hey uh way truth uh sissy i love you guys to death and i'm happy you're here and i'm happy that you found this let me restate something that maybe i stated at the beginning of this before people even knew what i what i was trying to create with the discord I want this to be what you need, right? I, I know that. I'm not sitting here saying, go find a church right now. What I'm saying is I'm always going to be telling you that that's what I want for you eventually. If it doesn't exist in your area, I get that. I'm not telling you to make it happen. Like, well, just go to a bad church anyway. My point is whether it happens in a month, a year, or 10 years, when you eventually uh, find yourself near one, that is a good church, whether one gets planted, one gets built, one gets one, you move. I will always be hoping and praying that you get the same thing physically that we offer for you virtually. And again, it's not me sitting there saying, guys, this, this isn't where you need to be. Go away. All I'm saying is as much as we can be your virtual church. And I appreciate you guys don't understand. I might be pushing back at you, but what you're saying is like, I'm sure JD feels it too, to know that you guys find that here that's like a great thing in our hearts yeah, we're so happy Jesus, that we're able man. to provide it because the the opposite of that is not having it and being alone with no physical or virtual uh connection but yeah. i do just want to let you know that one and and my and the fellow uh, the elders on the discord server that we've uh that we've established are in agreement on this we will always point to the physical church though even if you don't have one around you it'll always be like we're not going to settle for this this isn't a settle it is a yeah. We're here for you. We're, we're always going to be here for you, but we're always going to hope for you. And I do want to yeah. let you guys know that I actually have a connection with a, a, a an organization that finds churches and builds a database of good churches that I'm actually going to be working on getting involved in the Discord to kind of help people find churches that might exist that you might not know about. Because sometimes there's little tiny – because there's nothing wrong with a house church. I mean, Priscilla and Aquila had house churches, right? I'm not Amen. saying that you can't have house churches. Do it, yeah. And sometimes you won't even know that they exist. Right. Yeah. Uh, but and we'll say we'll 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 we're we're kind of we're letting the Holy Spirit guide, but we are kind of going away from topic. So I will say we we're going to do an episode on church. Actually, I feel like that'd be yeah. a great thing to kind of look at the uh, the church of the Acts of the Apostles, what a church Amen. looks like, what you guys should be looking for. And uh, the last thing I'll say about this is there is a reason why we structure the Discord server the way that we do, because we know that it is the only church some people have and we don't want it to not at least resemble that. So if you're not familiar in my discord server, it is not mine, but it, I call it that cause I started it. But at the same time, I have given up power to uh, elders 
I have a group of elders, as we call them. They're not really elder, you know. What I mean, they're they're the virtual elders that have the power to veto what I say. I have given JD equal authority to me, so that I have a co-pastor, if you want to call us that online. Um, so that way, it's not just my voice; it's his as well. And uh, we have established this hierarchy so that even in the temporary thing that we offer you, it will still obey God's law and God's structure, so that we can't. Uh, uh, slip into cultism, corruption, and whatnot, right? Because if it was just me leading it, and I could do whatever I want, and I can and say whatever, whatever say you whatever I want, and and do whatever I want with it, it it would be a cult, right? So, um, so I do want to let you, give you guys assurance that uh, if you do rely on the Discord, there is a lot to come. More information will be announced soon. We are planning on adding so much to it to make it a even better place with discipleship Amen. programs. And, um, and, and I'm going to be putting more time into it, especially Amen. if I can find ways to not have to, yeah, the side note, not, not related, but um, 100%, we will do our best to make it the best temporary church possible, but we will always be temporary. Even if that temporary lasts till death, like that sometimes that happens, right? But no Amen. matter what, we will never consider ourselves as your final spot, like, amen. I want to throw it out there. But, amen. Um, I mean, the 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 reality of 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 the discord and and what God's doing there. It's it's still His ways are higher than our ways, and we will we will do our best to always guide and lead and and be there as um you know, as Tracy said and and Tracy and I chat a lot, you know, um, off air as well, and and she, she's always asking questions and trying to understand more and more, which is a beautiful thing, and that's always going to be open, you know. Um, when it comes to young couples, I saw a question there. Any advice for young couples uh, trying to walk with Christ? Do it biblically. Do it biblically. If you're not married, don't live together. If you're not married, don't sleep together. Uh, you know, again, the the there's a saying in Afrikaans which basically translates to if it's ripe early, it's going to be rotten early. So, so don't don't dive into things head first, thinking and and again, like Mike mentioned earlier on, feelings and emotions and all those bubbly and the the butterflies and the bubbly feelings, those fade away. Those fade away. What endures is 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 a relationship. It's a relationship with your partner, understanding your partner, having constant communication with your partner. Um, so that's that's the main advice I give to young couples that that are both walking with God is is honor God in everything you do and 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 when you get married you will see how God honors you. Um, it's it's one hundred percent biblical. So uh, for for I, I agree with everything JD said and I think um, I think you've been here since the beginning. But a lot of the things we were talking about earlier when we talked about the beginning of our marriages like that's. I think great advice for um, a young couple uh, if you haven't already done, done that. But um, uh, just to add to that, every every couple is going to be different. So there's certain things that don't gen generically fit, right? It's not a puzzle piece all the time that I could be like, oh, just put this here. But if it is a young couple that's trying to walk with Christ, then make sure Christ is the focal point of both of you. To the point Amen. where if the other one interferes with that, then there's a problem, right? Like you should not interfere with that person's walk with Christ. Likewise, because if you're not married, you're not one flesh yet. So you are two people walking together um, with your eyes set on Christ. So keep it that way. Uh, uh, mm. Keep your eyes set on Christ. 
What about Amen. single men seeking to be married? Dating has changed and it's super hard. So Dark Cool, I haven't seen your name. So you might not have been in here since the beginning. I highly recommend if any of you just came in here that when we end this, this will be automatically uh, uploaded and available to go back because we did cover a lot of things that you might be asking, especially about the dating circle. I actually dove into how we shouldn't be dating how the world dates and courtship and, 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 and how courtship should look. Um, in fact, there's a book. Oh, my goodness. Um, JD, take over. Let me see if I can find the book that I actually read right before I uh, right when I met my wife that actually really helped me in the beginning of my uh, courtship. Hold on. Uh, take so what we also see, you know, and, and I know this for a fact because I've had conversations with Selena. I've had conversations with with Tracy with regards to church hurt. And again, um, if you've been to the churches in your area, you don't feel you fit in. Um, I know this is a very big, big, big one for, you know, some of my brothers and sisters who are not in a church and they feel like people are, you know, ridiculing them for not being in a church. Please don't misunderstand what Mike's saying and what I'm saying. If, if, if you're in your Bible and you're having a relationship with Christ and you're coming here and you're on the Discord and you're watching YouTube sermons or whatever the case may be, you're still getting fed. You're still getting fed. But what, what you are losing, what you are potentially robbing yourself of is meeting a man or a woman that could possibly become a companion for life. And and Ooh, this is what you I have. I have to jump in on you because you just made me think of yeah. something. And I'm gonna let you take back over as I look for the book name. But no, <laughs> seriously, over. you just reminded me of actually one of the most important things that come from um, a, a physical fellowship. Amen. Accountability. You see, I can't keep you guys accountable. I can't because I don't know you in your life. I can't see you and and be there to be like, yo, brother. Hey, hey. For example, when you're a married man, you should not have. Uh, female friends that are the way you were friends when you were single, right? You can have female friends like uh, acquaintances, but for example, I won't meet with a woman alone. I won't have dinner with a woman alone. Even if we're coworkers grabbing a drink after work or grabbing the dinner, even if it's 100% cordial, she knows my wife. I love my wife. I would never, ever, 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 ever cheat on my wife. Like, and people always be like, oh, so you don't trust yourself? No, because I'm a sinner. And if I get drunk, and what if that woman is near me when I'm at the pit of my depression and my wife just pissed me off and, and the devil slips in, right? So I would never cheat on my wife. But at the same time, I'm a sinner. So I would never put myself in a position where it's mm. even possible for it to be perceived as such. Likewise, um, um, you know, maybe I'm treating my wife improperly and my friend's near me and he's like, bro, I love you to death, but... You recognize how you're being selfish. These accountability yeah. partners exist in the church, in the congregation. Exactly. That's why Paul says, bear one another's burden. JD and I can Amen. bear your burden to an extent online, but that fellowship, even if it's not church, Christian friends, like you need, look, I, I, before I tell you to find a church, I hope you have Christian fellowship in your life. And again, you might not have access to that. And if you don't, you have the Holy Spirit and God is always with you. I'm not sitting yeah. there acting like you don't have that, but man. Man, I'm telling you, that fellowship is something. Hey, welcome, Danielle. Every Monday and Wednesday, 9 p.m. Central. So happy that you're here. Um, um, my wife just texted me the name of the book, I think. So uh, hold on. Let me see if I can check and double check. Right back. So so we we see and, and, and it Kenny, Kenny, Kenny hit the nail on the head as well. You know, you don't go into marriage hoping that you can change the person. The same thing applies when people try and marry someone that isn't saved and think, 
well, after we get married, then they'll get saved. No, the Bible is very explicit and very clear on that. Do not be unequally yoked. You cannot be yoked together with someone that is not of the faith. And you cannot marry someone that isn't of the faith, hoping that they will eventually come to the faith because you love the person or you're infatuated with the person or attracted to the person, whatever the case may be. We don't get to change people. And Kenny, I love that. You know, if you if you don't love them as they are, then you don't love them. Ultimately, we fall in love with the flaws right now. You know, in, in my marriage, the things my wife doesn't like about herself are the things that I love to bits and pieces. And those are the areas that I encourage her in the areas that she dislikes about herself the most, the way she looks, um, um, certain things, certain aspects, you know, I won't go into too much detail, but ultimately the things that, 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 that annoy her or put her down are the things I encourage her in and tell her that I find so attractive and so beautiful. So again, you know, um, we've got two opposite ends of the spectrum. Tracy is a widow. Um, she's, she's, you know, got old kids. She's been married. She's lost her husband recently, um, due to COVID. I mean, and when I say recently, I'm not, not in the last week or so, but again, and Selena is, is, is still young and, and growing in the faith and growing in God. I truly, truly, truly believe God works in phenomenal ways where Amen. you, you might you might think that you're going to be single for the rest of your life, Selena, and then someone will just you know show. So up. I've got two book recommendations for you guys um, that I really and and there's probably many books out there, but here's two book recommendations. Um, this one is called this is the one Boy Meets Girl Say Hello to Courtship. Um, I'm sure women can read this. This one is a, a great book that that really helped me when I met my wife because this is a book about Christian courtship and it really talks about it. It oh man, it, it's Look, I'm just telling you guys, I, I look at it. It's on this website. It's $4.19. If you can't afford that and you're in the Discord server, literally DM me and I'll buy you the book. Um, uh, and I'm not just saying that so you guys can all come to me to buy it. Like I'm just saying uh, uh, if you really can't. But this is a great book, really helpful. And then there's one other book that I recently actually just bought. I saw it. It caught my eye. And I haven't finished reading it, but it was actually really – I really enjoyed it. But it's a Christian book as well, written by a Christian man. And it's Confessions of a Happily Married Man, Finding God in the Messiness of Marriage. So these are two book recommendations. Go ahead and screenshot it. I'm going to take it off screen. If you miss it, uh, uh, you can go back um, and just you know uh, rewind it. And then I wanted to say something because a comment I just saw. Um, I know we're talking about all this stuff about marriage. If you are single and you want to stay single, you are also fine to do so. Paul yeah. says that that's fine. But I want to go ahead and make sure people understand some things that kind of get misrepresented. Paul does not say it's better to be. And he doesn't say that. He says, I wish you would all be like me. Because yeah, Paul okay. also thought he was going to get lifted up in the clouds, right? Paul Paul had a, a mindset where there's no future, right? Like, I'm just being honest with you guys. This is actually a problem with a lot of Christians nowadays. Everybody thinks Jesus is coming back in their time frame. So not a lot of Christians plan for their grandchildren's lives. A lot of, Not a lot of Christians. If all of Christians would have planned for their grandchildren's life, I feel like Christianity would actually be in a better place today. But seeing that most Christians in history always think that they're going to be the ones lifted up in the sky with God, that they don't really plan far ahead like grand like grandparents type of age. Like I got to really establish something for my grandchildren. But yeah, Paul man. does say he wishes you are. But then he says, but if you can't, if you burn with a passion, instead of slipping into sexual sin, get married, right? Because 
Sex is not a bad thing. I know some people act like Christianity, sex is a bad thing. No, God made sex. Therefore, God made makes everything that's great. Sex is a great yeah. thing inside the marriage bed. And if you have a passion, if you have lust, it's better to be married than to burn with lust, as Paul said. It's fine if you're single, but being single in a Christian mindset doesn't mean I don't want to be married. I want to be selfish. And what I mean by that is I just want to go on trips and I just want to play Xbox all day. And that's a selfish reason to be single. Paul is speaking about someone who wants to pursue God so much that they don't have time for marriage. Because let me be very honest with you. I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. When you become married, that's your number one ministry field. So if I wanted to go to Africa right now, sell everything I own and go preach the gospel, I can't because I have a wife and children that I have to provide for. Single Mike could have, but this Mike would have to think about, okay, can I bring my kids? If I can't, then I can't do it. So if Mm. you want to give your life to God, if you want to say, I want to go all out 100% serving God nonstop every moment, then being single might actually be a great thing for you because you don't have to worry about the wife and the children. But that's not saying, oh, it's fine to be single, to be lazy and just go to sports games. And this isn't, that's not what the Bible is telling you as far as singleness goes, but it is perfectly fine to be single. You can be comfortable in your singleness. We're not sitting there trying to make you feel less than us if you're not married because the good Christian gets married. No, that's not what we're saying. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to emphasize that. And um, there is one thing I wanted to say before the end of this podcast, but I don't know if we're going to have enough time. So I might do it after on TikTok uh, 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 just as like a little after show because, J.D., one thing we didn't mention is – it, it, it's really important that if to when you communicate your love in your marriage, and this is something that me and my wife actually struggled with early in our marriage, is we all receive love a certain way based on how we were raised, right? Yeah. There's this thing called love languages. And if you've Amen. never read the five love languages, I'm not saying you got to get the book, but you should at least go read the, the, the stuff online about it. And if you have to take, if you can't recognize what yours are, take the test. Because here's the truth. You could be trying to tell your wife or husband you love them every day of your life and they never know because you're communicating in your own love language and theirs might not be your love language. And I'll give you an example in my marriage. My love languages are words of affection and physical touch, right? So that means I like it when my wife will put her hand on my arm or just randomly get a, a, a caress of the neck. I'm not talking physical touch doesn't mean sex, right? We're talking about physical touch, literally. And it also means that even with like my boys, right? I like to give you a high five, give you a hug. It means my love language, my communication is that I feel like love is demonstrated by closeness because I believe that personal space has a certain level of value. And then words of affection. I believe what you say to me matters. So instead of giving me a gift, I'd rather hear you say, I want to say thank you for what you've done, Mike. Mike, I appreciate you. That is more valuable than money. I'm not, my love language is not gifts. In fact, when people give me gifts, I don't even know what to do with it. I'm just, uh, 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 thank, thank you. I, my wife saying, hey, babe, I just want to let you know, I've noticed you around the house doing what you've been doing. And I, and I appreciate that. That's, that's <laughs> my wife's love languages are neither of those. Her love <laughs> languages are acts of service. And, um, um, well, the other one kind of flip flops, right? It, Cause this can change as well, but acts of service is like her strongest, strongest, strongest one. What that means is 
to, for me to show her I love her, if I just give her, if I try to touch her all the time and walk up to her and, and rub her neck and rub her arm and kiss her and rub her leg, or if I try to just give her all these good words, baby, you're so incredible, I love you so much, all these great words, and, and words of affection are one of her love languages, but not the highest one, then yeah. she's not going to receive the love the same way I'm giving it. But Amen. if I say, you know what? She's been talking about that. I'm going to go fix that. Oh, you know what? I'm going to clean the kitchen today. She ain't got to clean it. I'm not going to, I'm going to clean it. I'm going to go make the bed. The, that screams, I love you. Like that screams it in the most bar- Hey, baby. I love you. That's what, <laughs> that's what she hears when I vacuum, right? If you yeah. are trying, if you realize, man, I do all this stuff. My wife don't ever act like she know I love her, man. It's crazy. You might be screaming, I love you in the wrong language. And I don't know what your experience is with that with JD, but when I learned that, that was one of the most crucial things when it comes to marriage and even parenting, Amen. because recognizing your children's love language is actually crucial because one of my children is very touch oriented. One of my children is words of affection oriented. One of my children is gifts oriented. Those things matter because if you're speaking the wrong language, then they won't yeah. hear you. Yeah, exactly. Amen. I mean, I'm just going to close with this. My wife can literally buy me a Rolex every day, but if she doesn't tell me how much she loves me or touch me, I would never feel like she loves me. Being very honest. And and, and this is, this is key. This is key, you know? Um, And like you say, the, the love languages are so, so, so important um, in a marriage. And again, you, you need to communicate these things. These things need to be communicated. And as Mike said at the beginning, um, I think this is going to be a three-part or even four-part because we haven't even finished on marriage and we haven't even touched on kids yet and, and godly parenting. But, um, you know, it's always a blessing having all of you here, being able to chat to you. And it's such a diverse group. I mean, diverse ages. We've got single, we've got married, we've got young, we've got old. So it, it's such a, a, a blessing to see you all yeah and i know that god god is again selena we have to we have to be god is the author um our our plans our hearts we don't know you know what does the proverbs say you know many other many other plans of a man's heart but it's god's will that will prosper over your life or god's will that will prevail um so we we don't know Mike and I didn't know we'd be married with the kids we have. When 10 I years was ago. in the place where I thought there was no future for me, I was in New Jersey while my wife was in Texas, and my wife was still in a bad marriage that again ended in different ways, but it didn't end yet. I thought there was no man, I'm not gonna find love. Little did I know God was still prepping my wife for me, walking her through her pain because she needed to go through that to recognize me when I got to Texas, because it was due to the fact of his failures that she was able to recognize what I offered her because I offered the things that she never felt. But Amen. it prior to us meeting, we're in two places of the country living two different lives with two different, uh, uh, we don't even have, we don't share many of this. Me and my wife do not have the same hobbies. We don't have the same interests. We are complete opposites, but we're so complimentary that it's mind blowing because everything that she loves, I, I'm not a fan of, but everything I love, she's not a fan of. So we have this mixture of her strengths are incredible for my weaknesses. My strengths are incredible for her weaknesses. I hate Amen. pickles. She loves pickles. Like it's a perfect marriage in, in a sense. Because Amen. that she was everything I needed. But right now, women, if you're like, I'm never going to find the man, your man might be in a, in, a, in a relationship. He might be married. Your man might not even know God yet. Your man might be in Alaska somewhere or for people in Canada, uh, uh, he might be in Australia. You, 
he's he, he might not be there yet, but you have no idea. Don't count out what God is doing with your future husband right now because he's got to walk. This is why it's important. Pray for your future husband or your future wife. Not pray yeah, to get amen. them, pray for them. Lord, amen. you already know the end and you know who I'll be with. Lord, I hope you're with that with him right now. And I hope you're guiding him and holding him. Start praying for him now. When you meet him, it'll be easy to keep the prayers going. Yeah, I mean, like Mike just touched on something very, very important. I mean, if my wife had been honest about the fact that she likes pickles, I, I might not have. I might not have married her. You know, that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> I'm joking. See, if if the waiter brings out a pickle on my plate, I can give it to her. Like here. Now, granted, <laughs> when she eats it, I judge her completely and I question everything about the existence of her life. But I am <laughs> thankful that she dives on that grenade for me because I didn't have Amen. to deal with it. Amen, man. Amen. Guys, with that being said, I know awful. I know you're out of time, brother, and I, I we could keep this going forever. We're going to definitely make this a multi-part series. I'll end up putting it in a playlist, um, and I hope you guys have enjoyed this. Uh, but we do have to end it. I'm going to keep things going. I'm not going to stay on this topic 100% because I want JD to be a part of this. I have notes over here that we haven't even began to touch. So yes, we're definitely going to plan this to keep going. Guys, if you like the shirt, I've got the shirt, the stickers. I mean, literally, if you just want a sticker like this on the back of your laptop, go to the merchandise link. The merchandise helps fund the ministry um, and being transparent to you. As many of you know, the ministry funds help the server. I mean, this stream service is also not free that we use to allow us to push this to different places. The Discord server, we I boost it. Uh, um, and also, we provide things for people. And at the same time, we have bills and a life. And if we put 40, 50, 60 hours into the ministry, this is one thing people don't, people fail to realize. And they'll try and tell you anybody who tries to make money while serving God is a fraud. No, no, no. There's a difference between trying to uh, uh, become rich, but at the same time, Paul said, those that serve the gospel, preach the gospel should be able to make a living from the gospel. Because if you give 40, 50, 60 hours to the ministry a week, it does, it does cost us time and time is money. So I, I want to be transparent with you. The merchandise uh, funds, they're for me. The ministry donations are for the ministry. So if you want to donate to the ministry, there's links in the bio uh, for, uh, um, um, you know, PayPal, Cash App and all that. That goes 100% untouchable by me. In fact, I even check with the elders. You can ask Kat. You can ask JD. You can ask people. I will confirm with them, hey, we've got this much. This is what we're spending it on. Uh, but if you want to support me, you can buy uh, uh, merchandise and that, that goes to me. Um, so that way, you know, maybe... Maybe if YouTube can get me enough views and monetize, maybe me and JD can actually do this full time and give our all to it. But until then, we have to pay bills. So that means if I have to go do other things outside Man. of here, then we have to do it. But uh, guys, the, the links are in the bio. I still am waiting for JD to send me his links so I can get his merchandise in there. <laughs> I'm going to hold him hostage. Matter of fact, he's not allowed on the show Monday until he gives me the links. I have said it Amen. in the final now. Uh, but guys, guys. Uh, we didn't pray to start because we were so excited to get in here. I'm going to pray real quick, and then I'm going to let JD say his piece, and then we're going to get out of here. Um, Heavenly Father. As always, thank you for this day. Uh, first and foremost, we, we want to come to you and 
ask for forgiveness that, and you already give this forgiveness and we know this, but that doesn't excuse us to not ask for it. So father, please forgive us for being so focused on doing one thing and forgetting to pray for, pray to you and asking you to be involved in this, uh, lucky for us and not really lucky, but, uh, thanks be to you that even without us remembering to ask you to be in this, we know you were present tonight. We felt your presence. And at the end of the day, you being glorified is the only goal. So father, I pray that we did that. I hope that tonight was honoring father and that you are pleased with uh, JD and myself. And if we were not father, we ask you to please guide us so that we will be. And, and father, I want to thank you for this fellowship. I want to thank you for the ability that we're able to provide some type of fellowship and love to people. And, and without you, it would be nothing. Without you, we would be nothing, Father. Uh, this is not Mike. This is not JD. We are nothing but broken sinners that don't deserve a single thing. In fact, we are not better than anyone. When we came to you, we came to you with empty hands full of sin, just as everyone else does. And the only thing we walked away with is the same thing everyone else walks away with, Father, and that's you. That is you. You, your son, through the power of your Holy Spirit, and we are so thankful that you gave your only son for us. Father, I pray for everyone listening tonight and everyone that's going to come and listen later, that you move in their marriage, Father, that you move in their lives, in their relationships, that you guide these young men to be exactly as your son asked them to be. It says that you are conforming us to the image of your son, Father, and I pray that the young men listening tonight and the old men and all of the men in, in, in your body, uh, that you be be with us to guide our, our wives and love them as you demonstrated that love to us. And Father, I pray for the, our, our sisters in Christ as well, that you protect them. When, when they don't have a man in their life to protect them, they do have the greatest protector of all, and that is you, Father. And don't let them forget that. May you comfort the families um, of, the, of your members of the body of Christ. Father, I pray for all of our brothers, all of our sisters, all of their husbands and all of their wives, all of their children. And I pray that uh, you, you continue to move in our lives and let your will be done. And I pray this all through Jesus' holy and amazing name. Amen. Oh, JD left while I was praying. He probably really had to go and it happens. <laughs> so, uh, 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 um, uh, I'll talk to him off air. Um, but yeah, guys, we got to end it because we like to keep this thing at two hours so that when people come back and watch it later, they're not like, man, this thing went four hours. Our first couple podcasts, our first couple episodes, I would keep going after JD left and it just felt like it was too long. And, and, and we just decided that we're going to keep it at a steady amount all the time. So for those already on TikTok, you're already there. If anybody else wants to jump over, I'll stay up for a little bit, do some uh, after show Q&A. Um, and just, you know, I, I, I like to hang out with you guys a little bit. Um, so I'll be over there, but for everyone that's ending right now, for all those watching this later, thank you so much. Um, guys, we don't care if it's one viewer or 1 million viewers. Uh, we do this for the one and not the million. So as long as there's one person watching, we will continue to do this. And we greatly appreciate that without you, we would be nothing. Uh, we, we don't do this on our own. Uh, so just uh, from the bottom of my heart, guys, I truly do appreciate you all. Um, and I hope that you have an amazing night, amazing morning whether you are uh, watching this at daytime or nighttime, whatever it may be, may the Lord be with you in your day. Um, and thank you guys, as always, for joining. Make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. It really helps us more than anything because that's how we grow this channel and hopefully reach someone else that needs it um, because at the end of the day, that is the goal. I love you guys. I appreciate you all. 
God bless and go in peace.